Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And once again, thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. Find a podcast anywhere on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Make sure you follow us there. Uh, make sure that you use our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash, spell it out, Dead End Sports. Uh, you can also uh, check out our Facebook page and follow us there, facebook.com backslash Dead End Sports. Uh, you can also catch us on Instagram, Instagram at Dead End Sports. And uh, just make sure you follow us because uh, we're everywhere. So uh, without further ado, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Uh, my boy FIFO will be joining us shortly. But uh, right now, man, we got the homies in the building. Uh, first up, my man BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's going on, Kyle? Chilling, chilling, on? man. Everything all right? Everything good. Everything good. Just ready to get it cracking. And we also got the homie Ken. Ken, what's going on, player? Uh-oh. Yeah, hey, hey, what's good? What's good? What's good? <laughs> we apologize for being off last week. We had technical difficulties, but we're back, back like cook crack. Um, anyway, man, the final four is upon us, man. We got some it's been a crazy NCAA tournament. Uh we got teams in the final four that we didn't think would even make it there. Some some more heralded than others. We got the Oregon Ducks. Uh, we got the Gonzaga uh, Zags. <laughs> I guess that's the mascot. Uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks and the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. So let me start right there with you, B. Uh, since the tournament's going on, we 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 did our brackets. Our brackets are all terrible, so we're not going to talk about our brackets. Um, but from what you've seen in in the tournament, uh, what teams or players were you most impressed with up until this point? Really impre- I'm really, really impressed with the uh, team defense that South Carolina and Oregon has been playing throughout this tournament. Um, you know, and we all hear the old cliche, you know, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. And right now, man, South Carolina and, and Oregon, they playing some great team. I didn't know South Carolina team defense was like this. I mean, it's crazy how, you know, you look at a football school like South Carolina and, you know, no one talked about them throughout the whole SEC because all we pretty much talked about in the SEC was Kentucky. Right. You know, and Florida, a little bit of Florida as well. But um, for South Carolina to come, that's, this, this is why I love the tournament because mm-hmm. you always have teams like this that you just be like, it always be those, wow, we didn't see this coming. You know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. always them teams where you just be like, damn, I did not see this coming. And this, it seemed like, and in South Carolina, I think they was a the first round exit in the SEC tournament. So, yep. you know, it it, not, it wasn't like they caught on fire in the SEC tournament and brought on into the tournament. They just caught on fire at the right time in the NCAA tournament when it started. And they just haven't looked back, you know, knocking out, knocking out Duke, knocking out Baylor, you know. So, yeah, they then knocking out Florida, you know, after Florida had that crazy buzzer beating game against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it, it's man. It, it, it's, I love it, man. Yeah. So Oregon and South Carolina definitely. With their team defense, how they all over the ball, they everywhere. Every time when them that ball is rotating, them hands are spreaded out and they are everywhere, man. So yeah, that's definitely been that's definitely and then my player I would say is um a man from Kentucky that bought that made ball look even better. <laughs> What's his name? Cox? Fox. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Fox has definitely been that guy who's I'm pretty sure he's been hearing the hoopla or hearing, you know, watching Sports Center hearing all the hoopla about, you know, Lonzo Ball. And I'm pretty sure once he saw that they hit them and UCLA, they was meeting up with UCLA. I'm pretty sure he had Ball's name circled for that matchup and he couldn't wait. So and he did his thing. So yeah, that's yeah, that's man. my Shout play. Shout out to De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox was balling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ken? Uh, teams that were the biggest surprise, and, and any players that were were your biggest surprise? Oregon shocked me, man. Because um, when they played uh, Kansas, they 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 hit everything. It seemed like everything they threw up went in. And I I wanted to see Kansas. I actually thought Kansas uh, was going to win it all. Because they're really, really, can't really good. Can't, can't, can't. We've been talking about this for the last know, three years. <laughs> but Frank Mason, like, I, man, like, I've watched them play this this year, and they just seem like they had Frank Mason, who's who's the OG, that dude Graham, uh, who's like the, the Draymond Green of the team. Like, he gets mm-hmm. real animated and hype, you know, so he's the energy guy. And then they had, you know, of course, you know, the, the lottery pick, Jackson, man. It, it just seemed like they had everything they needed to get there, but Oregon was just on fire. That's not Self's fault. I, I, I don't want to say – I don't want to blame him for that. Oregon just – they just they just couldn't miss. Now, their defense was off, but Oregon just couldn't miss. Um, so, yeah, they shocked me. I didn't have them in the Final Four at all. Um, North Carolina shocked me because – and really, if, if Monk and Fox didn't get in foul trouble, they, they would have won that game um, mm-hmm. in the first half. But, you know, that's part of the game, man. It, it happens. So we, we can talk about ifs all day. But, um, but that was a – it was such a great game, man. Like, um, Monk, man – Monk is my dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that dude, man. The, the pro- I mean, he's a, he's a streak shooter. Like when he gets hot, he's like in fuego, like he's on fire. But Who? it's just, Can't? huh? No, you're playing for a second. Like, we, we, yeah, we got you for a second. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> so okay, okay. We didn't hear. But yeah, we got you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Monk, man, Monk, Monk is my dude, man. Like when he get when he's when he's on fire, he's scorching. So I and and to hit those clutch plays, we're talking about two clutch. Three pointers. Uh, those, and, those you know, to be good. honest, Ken, I, I think he got fouled on that last one. Probably, probably. I have to watch it again. Um, you know, uh, let's see who else. And and just like you, Kyle, like I love uh, Fox, man. That dude just so mm-hmm. smooth, man. <laughs> he's just so smooth and and he's very comfortable. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> one of the teams for me that was very impressive was uh, Xavier. Uh, I thought they. I mean. It, it's it. We see it every year, and I think we even talked about it on the on the show uh, leading into the tournament about the double um, seed, double digit seed, you know, going deep into the uh, into the into the tournament. And um, I mean, Xavier came out. They started off, and then they beat you know everybody that was in front of them. You know, ultimately ended up losing, um, you know, to Gonzaga, but. I thought Xavier's run was, I mean, and those kids, they have nothing to be ashamed of. They, they were very impressive. Uh, I had not seen them all year, but I know that they were well coached. Um, so I was impressed by what they were able to pull off. Um, obviously South Carolina, um, like B said, I, as many of you know, or some, maybe some of you don't know, I'm from South Carolina. Uh, 
Let me just fill you guys in on <laughs> basketball in the state of South Carolina. It does not exist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At the University of South Carolina, uh, for as long as I can remember, I remember one year they had a really, really good team. And I think it was a, I think it were a two seed. And if I'm not mistaken, and this was like the mid nineties, if I'm not mistaken, they got knocked out of the first round by Hampton it was, it was a two fifteen uh, game. Um, so, but other than that, man, they, in fact, one of the kids on the, the team, uh, Mackie, um, his dad was on that team. His dad was a two gardener team, um, BJ Mackie. And, um, but yeah, South Carolina, man, I, shout out to Frank Martin, man. I, I, I think, and I've always thought Frank Martin was a good coach when he, even when he was at K state, um, and he could recruit. I, just like a lot of people, I didn't think that, I didn't think South Carolina would get him because of his level of intensity and what he demands from his players. Um, but yeah, the, he's got this team man playing. I mean, the beat down that they put on Duke was no fluke. And, um, you know, they shot the ball really well offensively. And then like B said, you know, in this game, this past Sunday, I mean, they were, they were incredible as far as particularly down the stretch and the way that they play defense. And I mean, you know, they were, very comfortable with the game, you know, going at the pace it was going. Um, so yeah, they're they're a huge surprise because again, in the state of South Carolina, Clemson does it, <laughs> it doesn't exist in basketball. South Carolina really doesn't exist in basketball. Um, but uh it, it, it feels good to see them. I don't I mean I, I definitely don't think they're gonna win, but um nonetheless I think it is it's a great story and a great feel good story too as well. Uh as far as players, uh, I got to go with De'Aaron Fox. It, I had to look it up, man, because De'Aaron Fox, and I don't know if you guys feel like this, but, like, he looks – because he's only he's, – well, I shouldn't say only because he's taller than me. He's 6'4", but he looks tall. I was like, damn, is he, like, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, he looks taller than what he is. Maybe he plays bigger. But um, I thought his play was just incredible, um, you know, particularly that game against uh, UCLA. And, uh, you know, he really, really took on the challenge of going against ball. Um, so, yeah, he, he was the player that stood out to me. Now, conversely, can you mention uh, that the disappointments, what team or players uh, most, you know, disappointed you the most in the uh, tournament? Um, real quick before I get into that, I think we need to show Northwestern some love. Yeah. Um, for yeah. getting their yeah. first win, getting in the tournament and then getting their first win. I was pulling for them to beat Gonzaga, and they got robbed. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm with you guys. You got you got love from Dead End Sports. All right, players or teams that disappointed me. Arizona disappointed me. Oh, oh my god, I had them in the Final just, Four. Just like what what are y'all doing, man? Like like what what are y'all doing? I I, I won't even say VCU. I'll say those <laughs> jokes for uh, privately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was glad Duke lost, so they're not a disappointment. <laughs> a celebration. Um, I'll just jump to it, man. Ball. I, you, you know, I, I know he had a good first game, and I think he was okay in the second game. But, man, when, when you're playing against, he just looked uninterested. And I know a lot of people – or the speculation is that, you know, he was bothered by his mom. Mm -hmm. That's valid. I understand all that. It's a bad look, but it's not going to hurt his draft stock at all. 
Um, I think it may have helped Monk and Fox um, mm-hmm. more than anything. But I think one of the things that I took away, and I've taken this away from, from Ball just watching him play, is he definitely plays within the confines of, of the offense. He plays under control at all times. That's going to be great for the NBA, especially as a point guard, mm-hmm. because you're, you're the general. The The thing about it is that when they were turning up on him, he didn't turn back on them. Mm-hmm. Ball was just stay cool, calm, and collected and just kept playing. And, um, you know, he didn't have anything to lose, man. He didn't have anything to gain, to be honest. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, disappointments, teams and or players? Um, Louisville. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Quentin Quentin Snyder, you know, played horrible in the loss to uh, Michigan. Um, zero for nine, zero for seven from three point lines, zero mm. points. You know, he he played awful. Um, another team, yeah, I think Cam mentioned one Arizona. That's that's another squad. I think I had them going pretty far in a tournament. Um. And let's see any other disappointments? I think, yeah, Arizona, Louisville. I think those are my disappointments, man. As as far as you know, all the you know the teams. So I think I guess team I expected to go further in the tournament than usual. Mm-hmm. And they were bad. <laughs> they were they did not show up and show out. So yeah, they're my two squads. And then like I said, the player Quentin Snyder from Louisville. You know he's he's like one of their go to guards, go to guys, and for him to. Stink it up like that, man. That's one thing about a tournament, man. All it mm-hmm. takes one game, man. Mm-hmm. You had a, the the game of the, your life that you do not want to have, the worst game of your life you don't want to have, <laughs> and it, it's gonna look bad. So yeah, Quentin Snyder definitely. If he would have, if he would have had a somewhat of an okay game, you know they would have won. But yeah, you going over nine, over seven behind three point. That's awful. That is awful. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. At some point, you you know you you're entering uh, John Stock, John not excuse me, John Starks. John Starks. Yep. <laughs> uh, at some point, you got to stop shooting. Um, I think I think all of the big names at least showed up once in the tournament. You know, Josh Jackson got into early foul trouble the last game. Um, kind of as a young, inexperienced player, that can kind of take you out, and that's what we saw. It typically happens that way, right? Um. But you know we know he's great. We know he can he can score with the with the best of them. Um, I think everybody that we thought were going to be NBA players have shown that they are NBA players. Uh, you know Malik Monk coming into into the tournament was struggling, but you know he picked it up. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the Arian Fox has shown that hey, you can't really stop me when I want. I'm gonna get to where I want to get to. Lonzo showed that he can control the team. Markel Fultz, you know, showed that he might be the best pick and roll point guard in this draft so the, i think everybody that needed to show something showed exactly what they needed to i think that the next step for these guys is just getting ready for the combine um having good showings in summer league you know i'm i, I i'm definitely gonna be tuned in <laughs> i was disappointed in louisville to be um i sipped the juice i was you know i i had him mm. going to the final four mm. um final I did, four yeah yeah i had him going to the final Damn, four God. um now I didn't have I didn't have Kansas going to the Final Four, uh, but I thought, you know, Bill Self, this might be the year. And and you know, Ken, you said 
what I've heard almost every columnist and every sports person say that they're not putting this loss on Bill Self. I can't trust Bill Self. I just, I mean, I just, I can't trust him, man. I just, I, and and that team, that team is good. That freshman kid is, is nice. You know, Frank Mason Jr. is, you know, college player of the year. I can't trust him. So I was, so I'm going to put them on my disappointment because I thought that they had enough to make it to the final four, but I didn't pick them. So I won't be too hard on them. Um, and the the biggest disappointment, the, the biggest disappointing team, and you guys didn't even mention this team, uh, was Villanova. I had Villanova in the national championship game. I had on my bracket, I had Villanova versus North Carolina. So obviously, I'm stinking up the dead end sports uh, <laughs> bracket with my my bracket. But um, yeah, man, I watched Villanova probably the last maybe last two weeks of the season. Watched them in their uh their tournament, the, the the Big East tournament, and then I just I was like, yo, this team is ready, and I mean like, and they just came out and they were just flat. Nobody could. I mean, it was like it looked like everybody was trying to wait on the next guy to make make a play. Um, so yeah, I was very disappointed, in Villanova. Um, and much like you can ball, uh, Lonzo Ball, I I felt like you know De'Aaron Fox, I I, I paid close attention to that battle. And De'Aaron Fox hit his first two shots. And you could kind of tell he hit him on ball and he had like this bounce about him. And like he was ready to bring it to Lonzo Ball. And I didn't see any type of fight from Lonzo Ball. And like Ken said, you know, it, there was rumors that his mother was in the hospital or something. Um, you know, and obviously his dad did not come to the game. So, you know, that so we so we lost out on a sound bite <laughs> from uh Lavar Ball. But um but yeah, I, I was I was disappointed in how he played and then his there was a point in the second half where you could kind of and I think I tweeted this out, his body language bothered me because Offer was still playing. Um the other kid, I can't remember his name, he he was still playing really hard and, and ball was just out there like, man, you know what? Whatever. I mean, he was he was playing cool. That's what I call playing cool. And then after the game, Ken, after the game B, we've hmm. never seen somebody declare for the draft in the locker room after the game. Everybody always says, Oh, well, yeah, you know, I gotta go back, I gotta talk to my coach, gotta talk to my mom and my dad. Reporters like, oh yeah, you know, your dad says probably one and done for you. Uh, you know, what's what's up? So, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm done. Yeah, it was my last game at UCLA. Only thing he didn't say was, yo, man, f these dudes. That's the only. It thing sounded he didn't like say. it. <laughs> That's the only I thing feel he bad say, for man. the seniors. Yeah, I feel bad for the seniors. F these dudes, man. I'm, I'm about to go, you know, about to go home. And so, and I like I like the ball kid. I, he reminds me a lot of Jason. I, I saw Jason Kidd play when he was in high school. Jason Kidd's a year older than me. Um. He reminds me a lot of Jason Kidd, uh, but he has a much better jump shot because at that time Jason Kidd couldn't shoot worth a nickel. But um, but yeah, man, I, I, his his body language and his post game, and then here's the thing that really and I and again, they're two different sets of kids, and I, I get it. But the post game press conference in the locker room with De'Aaron Fox after they lost to North Carolina, and granted they lost two different ways, you know, they lost at the buzzer. But De'Aaron Fox is in the locker room bawling his eyes out. You know, mm-hmm. he just, you know, he, he you could tell I me mean, him and the and the other kid, Bam, they're in there crying. He's like, man, I love my brothers. You know, this is what it's all about. This is why we came here. He wasn't talking about going pro. He wasn't talking about nothing. 
and you can see the emotion. And then and you flip it to the other side. Lonzo Ball's like, you know, all right, man, well, we lost. Oh, well. I, I mean, he had 10 points. And those, those might have been the most quiet 10 points that you've ever seen in a basketball game. So, B, I'm going to kick it to you, man. Um, who, who, who wins it all and why? Oh, man. Uh, you know, it's tough to go against a team filled with juniors and seniors that's, you know, kind of like vets that have been there and done that as far as the Zags. But, man, that's South Carolina. Them Gamecocks, man, them, them boys all over the place defensively. I, I'm, I'm a, I said it on Twitter, man. I think just because it's their first – and I think this is Gonzaga's first time in the Final Four, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, when I heard South Carolina first time in the Final Four, I was like, oh, I'm rooting for them just because it's their first time. You love seeing, like, new blood – you know, get kind of make a run and, and possibly get a championship. Yeah, we know the UNCs, the Kentuckys, the Kansas, mm-hmm. you know, those historic schools, the Dukes, the schools that got multiple championships and it's always in the running. But to see someone, yeah, like a Gonzaga, Oregon, South Carolina, we don't normally see those names in there a lot. So I think I just because our great team defense South Carolina is playing, I, I'm, I'm going with them. Okay, okay. What about the second game? Uh, I think we're gonna have a battle of the Carolinas, man. I think it's gonna be oh, the wow, battle. Wow! I think wow. it's gonna be the. I think we're gonna have a battle of the Carolinas in the in the championship, man. We're gonna have two neighbors, both neighbors going at it for the for the championship. War Rims gonna try to seek some. I ain't really say revenge because it ain't the same team again, but try to get that championship that that slipped away from them at the buzzard mm-hmm. last season and try to get it against their neighbors uh, down south. That's 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 where I think we're heading. Okay. Okay. What about you, Ken? How do you see this thing playing out this weekend? Well, um, I, I'm with B. I think it will be South Carolina versus North Carolina. I think for different reasons. Um, I'm working on a theory here. All right. Okay. So we saw Kentucky um, light up UCLA. Like everything they threw up was going in. They were on fire. And then, you know, they struggled against North Carolina and ultimately ended up losing the game. Um I think that North Carolina will um, overtake Oregon because Oregon, in their matchup against Kansas, was throwing up everything and uh, it went (laughs) in. And I think with Gonzaga, the same thing happened to them against Xavier. Like, they were really, really hot, and they played really, really well, and they hit a lot, a lot of shots. I think because of that, I don't know if that's going to carry over. Therefore, I think the teams that have had to play um, each possession and didn't really rely on, like, just being insanely hot for, like, the game. And I got – man, you know what, man? Are we picking the winner? Yeah, let's pick your winner. We're picking the winner. I like Roy Williams. Okay. I, I do. I do. That's, that's my boy, man. But – this might be their year, man. This just might be the year South Carolina wins it all. So I'm going to give wow. them some. This might be the year, man. <laughs> I'm going for him. That's my pick. You know, I, this this is this is conflicting for me because uh, I went to South Carolina State University, which is maybe about 35 miles from the University of South Carolina. Uh Unlike most people in the state of South Carolina, where I grew up, I did not like South Carolina nor Clemson. But I can deal with Clemson. Um, I actually pulled for Clemson. Uh, shout out to the national champions. Um, pulled for them in the championship game um, over Nick Saban. Um, so 
I'm not rooting. So it's if it were football, I definitely would not be rooting for South Carolina. Basketball, I, I feel some kind of way about Frank Martin, man. I, I like the dude, man. I don't like the fact that CBS has not shown his black wife. Mm. But you know, that's that's another story for another day. Um, while the other yeah. wife was all over the internet for being oh, rude yeah, yeah. and dismissive. exactly, yeah, mm. all in the videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I I like I actually like South Carolina, man. I like South Carolina, and I I would not be surprised if Oregon won. I think this is going to be a nail biter. I think this game, this Oregon. North Carolina game is going to come down to the final shot, but I like North Carolina pulling it out. I think we could definitely get a South Carolina, North Carolina matchup. And I think North Carolina wins it all. I think this is Roy Williams this year. I think they, I think they've been the team that's been on the mission since uh, Chris Jenkins uh, ripped their, <laughs> ripped their hearts out last year. Yeah, um, that hurt. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how, I don't know how Roy got over that, but he, he's got these kids back. Crying um, out. Barry has, you know, he, he's been banged up, but Barry, as Barry goes, so goes North Carolina. Um, you know, and, I, and that was, and Ken, you mentioned something, I just, it just came back to me. One of the things that I hated about the Kentucky-North Carolina game was the fact that they got those kids in foul trouble. Man, yeah. please, referees, if you're listening, let the kids play, man. I mean, like, there's nothing worse than going to see, I mean, this isn't the NBA where you got, you know, I mean, we've never seen a game where LeBron and Kyrie pick up two, two, two or three early fouls in the first quarter. I mean, like we come to see the players, and so in college you don't have that many great, great players. So if these guys get into foul trouble early, then it's a wrap. I mean, you get two quick fouls, you're gonna sit. De'Aaron Fox sat most. Of, I think he might have played maybe three minutes of, of the of the first half. So they were trying to hang um, on, man. Get yeah, the halftime. Keep it close. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, so hopefully that does not happen. Hopefully the refs let them play in both games. And um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking at a, a South Carolina North Carolina matchup, and I got the Tar Heels winning it all. Hey B, what up? Hey, you watch a lot of co- college basketball. Riddle me this: Who is North Carolina's go-to guy late in the game? They need a bucket. Who who are they going to? Because I I don't know who it is. They don't really have like that dude. Like from previous North Carolina squads we've seen, they don't really have like that guy. They just have just a, a plethora of just five star talent. They don't have like a guy where it's like, all right, t- clock's ticking down. Give him the ball. He's going to score. Whatever man is in the best position to score, mm-hmm. that guy's going to score. Whether it's the, it's the two guard, the small forward, the center. But you, yeah, they don't have like that guy. I mean, you could say um Justin Jackson, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Justin Jackson. Jackson or Barry, but then you got you got Meeks down you got low. Meeks, and then you got Isaiah Hicks. Hicks, yeah, but Hicks. Yeah, is nice. like, yeah, you know, you and then you got Luke Main. He's played in a lot of crucial moments in, you know, in, in those, you know, in games. You know, when it's like late last minute, last second moments, he's in the game. So even though he's not a starter. But yeah, it's like they don't have that guy, Ken. Like like they don't have that guy. That's why I've struggled with them um, this whole year because it, it really, it really is a team just full of great players. And sometimes I, you know, I guess you can get away with it in college basketball, um, 
but sometimes I think, man, you just need a, a guy to give the ball to um, down down the stretch. So anyway, there I, I was just curious. I I was just making sure I wasn't tripping, and mm-hmm. I just missed out on something. Yeah, they they we I think we're definitely in for some great games, man. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, like I said, the refs let them play, and uh, and we can have an enjoyable Final Four. Uh, moving on to the NFL, man. Colin Kaepernick is back in the news. Um, he didn't do anything bad or do anything wrong, yes, he but he is <laughs> he's back in the news. Well, you know, well he's he's given he gave away what was it fifty thousand dollars for Meals on Wheels, um, mm-hmm. right after right after your man's. 45 said he was going to shut down the meals on wheels program. Um, but that's another story for another day. Um, but yeah, Colin Kaepernick is a free agent quarterback who has yet to be picked up by any NFL team. Um, there's been a common sentiment around the league, around fans, around, uh, you know, people who watch football that they're openly wondering why Colin Kaepernick is not on someone else's roster. When we've seen the likes of Mike Glennon, um, Chase Daniel, uh, guys who have lesser ability, uh, lesser stats, get jobs and also get paid. Uh, Geno Smith, guys like that. So, Ken, is he being blackballed by the NFL? Wow, this is uh, this is complicated. Um <laughs> Jim Bar Jim Harbaugh said that is intellectually lazy. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> to say that he's being blackballed, um, but yet prior to that, he was propping up Colin Kaepernick because I think he thinks he's being blackballed because if he didn't, he wouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, this is complicated mainly because Colin Kaepernick just isn't a good quarterback. If you've been following the show for um, oh shit, maybe since inception, FIFO and I, we had a big argument about this mm-hmm. one night about Colin Kaepernick. When Colin Kaepernick took over the job, I said he couldn't throw. He's not that guy. I ultimately ended up being right. And, um, and I think that when you look at the game of football, Colin Kaepernick just isn't a good quarterback in terms of being able to throw the ball. So I think if Colin could throw and was a little bit better, he still wasn't being picked up. I would think that he's being blackballed because of it. But I think his ability plus his stance last year, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's enough for teams to take that chance. So, um, to a certain degree, he is being blackballed, mm-hmm. but I think that his inability to throw the ball is aiding in the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good point. Um, what about you, B? Uh, do you think he's being blackballed in the NFL right now? Yeah, I think he... A team has to give him, I guess, a chance to at least be a backup. I mean, he he can. I think he can definitely be a, a quality backup QB in this league. Starter, not so much because you know, even in the past, I myself was never high on Colin Kaepernick either. When he had that that you know that hot run with San Francisco, when he came out of nowhere, that following off season, I said, 
Now that these divas can't remember, now I'm like, now that these defensive coordinators got film on Kaepernick, yep. he is about to get exposed. And look what happened. Granted, even though San Francisco, you know, switched coaches and when Harbaugh left, you know, that's when Colin really went downhill. But I've been saying this for the longest. I was not sold on the hype. I was like, let's sit and wait and see what these defensive coordinators come up with to try to contain him and expose him. And if he can prevail through that, then he got my vote as a, you know, as a perennial starter, a, a good quarterback in the league. But once they once they exposed him and he couldn't recover, I was like, yep, I wasn't sold on so, And I definitely think, you know, his play plays a part, of course, along with, you know, the how he had the whole world talking you know, last year with him kneeling and mm-hmm. people paying attention, people paying attention to more so of him kneeling and not the reason why he was kneeling, which is right, another, right. another story for another day. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here in front just because, yeah, I, I think he's getting blackballed to a certain extent. You know, I, I hate to see it for the brother, but at the same time, I mean, it's not like this dude is like really super all that, but I get your point. What you said earlier, Kyle, too. <laughs> Some of these other guys getting jobs, that ain't proved nothing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we just saw what's my man? We saw uh Oswaller stink it up. Oh my god. And watch he might try to get us another starting position or a starting opportunity. But you know, I think Collins should get called in by some squad. Speaking of, I saw the most backward compliment from Detroit Lions GM talking about some he tweeted, I should have retweeted this, but he tweeted, you know, Colin Kaepernick is good enough to be on the team. But we're not gonna. They're not gonna give him a shot. Pretty much. <laughs> that was a nutshell version. That was a nutshell version. He was saying, you know, Colin wow. Kaepernick is a good enough to be to be in this league. But he, we, we're we're not gonna give him a shot. We're not gonna give him a, a chance to try to be on this team. And we need a damn backup. We don't even have no damn backup, really. I mean, if I name you the backup, you're gonna be like, who the hell is that? Because I did that. <laughs> the Q asked me who was the backup, and I told him. He was like, who the hell is that? Hell is that? So, <laughs> my point exactly. So I don't see what's the issue with letting Colin, you know, work out for the Lions or something during this offseason, man. We already been making some great moves. Why not just get I mean, I understand you don't want the circus to go along with it and everything. And so what with Agent Orange, what he going to say? He's happy. The fact that Colin Kaepernick still hasn't got an opportunity to play in the NFL yet based off last year. Right. You know, it's so stuff like that. I would like for him to get it. But as. Let's be real, like Colin Kaepernick, you know, his play hasn't been really living up to the bill recently. So I, I can see that. Yeah, I think I think uh, you both make some great points. And I think anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that uh, none of us from the three of us, we've, we've all been down as far as his level of play, you know, over the years. Um, I mentioned a couple of times last year about how I felt like he had regressed. Uh, with that being said, Colin Kaepernick may not be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he should be on somebody's team. Um, even as at the very least, as there's there, now there's a couple of, there's probably about six or seven teams that he legitimately low key could start for. And other than that, he could be a backup on anybody else's team. And so, you know, it, Every I don't understand how Denver 
coming off of a Super Bowl, Super Bowl was willing to trade for Colin Kaepernick, who did not have a good year that particular year. But they were, they Manning was out, Manning was on his way out the door before they made the run at Osweiler. They were willing to trade for him. Now you mean to tell me? And and keep in mind, folks, Colin Kaepernick was he threw sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions last year, on a very very bad San Francisco 49er team, right? So. He had decent numbers on a team that was god-awful. So, and to be honest, if you deem Tom Brady the best quarterback in the NFL, you could put Tom Brady on that 49ers team. He ain't going to win nothing because that team was just that bad offensively and defensively. But with that being said, and, and I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm bumping for Kaepernick, but this guy deserves or should at least be able to play for a spot in the league. You mean to tell me the phone ain't ringing now when you had teams like Denver that were willing to trade for him just a year ago just because he kneeled? And again, like B said, we need to more, be more focused on why he, the issues that made him kneel as opposed to the act of him kneeling. He's not kneeling anymore. And then I heard dumbass Joe Thomas from the uh, Cleveland Browns say, you know, they don't, you know, teams don't want their, their, quarterbacks to be a distraction joe thomas man shut the hell up think about it like this colin Kaepernick could go to the browns right now and be the best quarterback on their roster right now so what are you talking about and then when you look at it you you know that's another thing too i keep hearing well he could be a distraction he could be a distraction we just saw a guy go to prison for fighting dogs come out of jail and get a hundred million dollar contract who and you you mean to tell me he's not he wasn't a distraction? And he and he came back and was a starter. So you can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick can't be on an NFL team. You, you there's you you cannot, of course he's being blackballed, but the one great thing about this that I find is that Colin Kaepernick hasn't said much. He's still put, he's still making his 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 uh his efforts as far as like what he's doing in the communities. He donated money and water to Somalia. He's doing all of this thing. He's still using his platform. We have not heard one peep from Colin Kaepernick. And to be honest, if we keep it real, I think people, fans, are more concerned about Colin Kaepernick having a job than Colin Kaepernick is. And he maybe he maybe maybe he understood last year. When he did this and, and all and how this thing was gonna play out, maybe he knew this was coming. I don't know, but I think you know he he seems to be okay. I'd like to think that he's not being blackballed, but I mean, I know what my eyes tell me, and you know ultimately, man, you can't piss on me and tell me it's raining. He they you know I've seen this NFL push guys out for a whole lot less, and if that's the case, it'll be unfortunate. But Colin Kaepernick, I think one of the great things about it is he seems to be okay. And if he's okay, you well, know, we can be pissed off, but we probably should be okay too. Uh, in other NFL news, uh, big news, it is official. The Oakland Raiders announced that they will be moving to Las Vegas. I think it's in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. The stadium's being built, uh, the whole nine. Um, to, in, a, in a nutshell, the city of Oakland did not want to ask taxpayers to pay for a, a billion dollar stadium to be built in Oakland. Um, I mean, there are very few teams in the NFL that are synonymous with, uh, you know, the logo and everything like that, but the Raiders are Oakland. So Ken, I'll ask you, man, 
the Oakland Raiders are headed to Las Vegas, man. What are your thoughts about them leaving Oakland? I I, I think this is some. I think some mobsters got involved, man. I, I think that's what this is. I think this this is definitely some hey, some some Godfather type stuff going on here. Some some casino type stuff going on right here, man. This is crazy. You know, the Oakland Raiders are going to Vegas. We, we we're not talking about like like. What, wherever San Diego, we're talking about freaking Vegas, dog. Like the the gambling capital of the world, right? Right. Vegas football, Vegas. They're gonna have an actual team, man. I, I'm not gonna believe anything to happen in in that stadium, man. This this, this I'm telling y'all, man. This some monster shit, right? I mean, this some monster stuff right here, man. Hmm. Ken is brought in the mob. What, what about you, B? Um, I think in another maybe three or four years, we're gonna have an NBA team also go to Las Vegas. Mm. Um, I think this is just mm. setting it up for Las Vegas to both to have a NFL, a professional NFL, and a an NBA team. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for the Oakland for the Oakland fan base. You know, um, but wasn't they LA Raiders at one at like a while yeah, ago? Yeah, before? They, yeah, they yeah. Were in LA for a while. You know, I mean, I, if they can't have a solid home, why not go to Vegas? Why not? I mean, you know, we know we know it's all about the dollars, so that's what's gonna happen. But when I saw this, what was it thirty to one? I want to know who was that one, the one person that voted uh, against the Dolphins. It. The Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins were? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Dolphins. Yeah, the owner of the Dolphins has been outspoken. He said. You know, if you if you get a team, you should service the city that you're in. Okay, all right. Well, you know, California have enough NFL teams as it is, so you know it's cool. Let 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 Vegas get their uh, professional squad. I think that's. I I don't have an issue with it. Like I said, when I saw it, I'm like, uh oh. I said, I mean, I'm pretty sure Adam Silver, because I think originally when Adam Silver was thinking about expanding NBA, one of the cities was Vegas. I think it was it was Seattle, Vegas, Louisville, and I forgot the fourth city. It was okay. fourth city. But yeah, so when I saw the when I saw the NFL team being exp- Raiders moving to Vegas, I'm like, okay. I said uh, we might see this in another three or four years for an NBA team to get to uh, Vegas. So be interesting, man. But you know, I mean, I'm not like. I would really like to know what Jay Force thinks about this because Jay, shout out to Jay Force, he's a uh, he's a, a lifetime diehard uh, Raiders fan. I'm pretty sure he's still gonna be a Raiders fan forever. But just I would, I, it would be interesting to hear his intake because I'm not like a, you know, diehard Raiders fan. I just know mm-hmm. NWA used to wear the gear back <laughs> in the day. It was black and silver, which yep, is cool, yep. you know. And I know my dad used to tell me stories about how them in Pittsburgh used to go at it in the '70s. Yes, in the NFL, so you know that's all I know of the Raiders. You know, so I'm not like really super, super tied to them. But I just think it's pretty cool that you know Vegas about to have a professional team out there. I know whatever stadium or dome they're gonna build, it's gonna be some state of the art type stuff. So that'd be cool, man. Go to Vegas and be like, hey, man, let's go catch an NFL game. Like that's that's do- I think that's dope. I think I, I think it's dope. I think it's cool. Uh, is FIFA on? FIFA, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. What's going on, man? What's good, man? Joining us, folks, is our uh, other partner, FIFO. FIFO, uh, we're talking about the Raiders moving to Oakland, man. I'm excuse me, the Raiders leaving Oakland and moving to uh, Vegas. So what, what's your take on that? Man, I like it, man, I, because I think Vegas is an emerging market. I think they're big enough now that they should have a professional sports team, and they already got the 
the NHL there with a hockey team. So now adding a football team kind of puts pressure on Major League Baseball and or the NBA to add a team there as well. And I, I like it, man, because Cali has already a lot of professional sports teams. So expanding yeah. the Vegas is good um, because it's such a transient city. So you're going to get, I think, already a core fan base, but you're also going to get the people just in town for the weekend. There's so many other things already to do. Now, when you add professional sports, it just adds to what that city is about, man. So I like the move. I definitely like the move. Well, far be be it for me to be the contrarian of the group. Um, <laughs> I don't like it, man. I, I I don't like this move at all, man. I, I just and and I'm not I'm not a Raiders fan at all, but I did, you know, grow up in the 70s and 80s and you know, the silver and black, man. I remember John Madden. I remember the fumble. I remember, you know, all of these things that are really synonymous with, you know, Lester Hayes. And, 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 you know, just those characters and stuff that they had on those teams and, you know, the the Raiders teams that won the Super Bowls in the 80s. Um, you know, I, I just I think some teams are just synonymous with certain cities. And this will be the third team that we've had in the last, what, 15 months to move. Um, I, I've never been a fan of teams moving cities because. Yeah, you you get an, a new opportunity to be somewhere else, but then, you know, it's 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 also difficult for the fans that are left behind. And I remember when 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 the Colts left Baltimore in the middle of the night. I remember that when I was a little boy, and so and I remember how you know Baltimore fans felt. Now, yeah, they years later they did get the Ravens back and everything like that, but it, I, it's unfortunate, man. And then what makes it worse is that the Raiders are going to play in Oakland for the for 2017 and 2018. So it's like, you know, you and your girl break up and she's like, yeah, you can, you know, you can stay, I'm going to stay here for a couple more months. You know, you know, you on your own as far as the rent is concerned, but I'm, I'm going to stay here. But I, I got my other little boo over here. I got my, I got my side dude over here. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not playing like that. I just, it's not, I don't like it, man. And I hate it for Raiders. And I know a lot of Raiders fans. And I, I didn't know uh, Jay Force was a Raiders fan. Shout out to Jay Force. I'm, I'm going to hit him up on Twitter tomorrow and ask him. But um, most Raiders fans that I know, they're pissed. Like, I mean, I think, like I said, and then when you look at Oakland and the history of the city, and then you keep in mind that, you know, the A's still play in Oakland. Uh, the Warriors play in Oakland, but they're moving to San Francisco. And then they're about to lose, you know, this football team that's synonymous with the city, man. I I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You know, will it be good for yeah, of course it's good. And I'm really surprised because the NFL, you know, they will go out of their way to, you know, tell you that they don't, you know, they would they don't encourage gambling. Well, if you have an NFL team in Vegas, you know, it's gonna be a lot of shenanigans going on. And like Ken, Ken I didn't think about it till Ken just said something. But like, you know, the the ties between gambling and football, I mean, like, you know, some funny stuff gonna go down in these games, man. So I just I don't know. And I hope I'm wrong. But um you know, having seen, you know, St. Louis lose a team and seeing the Chargers lose a team. And then now, you know, uh, now seeing Oakland, my thing is who's next? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, are, are you going to, is Jacksonville going to lose their team? And then if you think about it like that, where, where can other teams go? 
And I agree with B. It's only a matter of a t- matter of time before you see an NBA team there. So if you get an NBA team, are we going to create another NBA team and put them in Vegas? Or is somebody going to leave somewhere else? Are the Grizzlies going to leave Memphis and go to, you know, it's, it's a lot of different scenarios, man. I just, I don't like it, man. I don't like it at all. I, hey, I, uh, what's up? I think I think the NBA is in a different situation. I think what they would do is probably add two teams. Okay. Pro- probably one in Vegas, probably one in Seattle. You got to get probably team Seattle. move one of the Western Conference teams or two of them to the East. Probably somebody like Memphis and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They might be in the East now. I would be cool with that. I, I am. I'm a. I'm a huge proponent of a team getting back to Seattle. I think it's bugged out that we. Have a basketball, um, you know, because I just I grew up watching, you know, just like we did, Sean Camp and Gary Payton, you know, Supersonics. Um, but that's another sport. But yeah, but I, I not a fan of it, not a fan at all. We'll see how it plays out, man. And it's gonna be interesting because now you, like, again, you you have the Raiders still playing in Oakland for the next two seasons. Will fans come out to home games? That's gonna be uh, interesting to see how the local fan base handles the transition. Uh, speaking of transition, let's transition into the NBA. A hot topic over the last couple of weeks has been uh, coaches' decisions. We call we call it the LeBron rule. <laughs> coaches' decisions to rest players. Um, this wow. has been a hot topic. Uh, this has been a debate between younger players and older players, and you had players you know, from yesteryear, like Charles Barkley and Carl Malone talk about how they used to fly commercial and they never rested in a game and this and that. And what it all boils down to is obviously, you know, we had a situation a couple of weeks ago where um, Golden State was about to play a game and, you know, they did not. And the game was on national TV. It was the, I think the Saturday night game. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, the Cavs were going to play, and LeBron, I think they were on the front end of a back-to-back. Um, so it was game one of a back-to-back, then they decided to rest their players as well. Um, so, FIFA, I'm going to throw it to you, man. There's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, what do you think is the best solution for, you know, resting players? Oh, man, I think every team is different, but I think with it being such a hot-button topic, Adam Silver definitely has to address it this offseason and has to bring it up to the uh, <clears throat> the board of um, of competitive whatever, right, mm-hmm. wherever they go. Um, they have to make some type of rule, and I that because the fans pay good money that just unannounced you can't you can't you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like that is not good for the league. It's not good for business. It's not good for the sport. So maybe making a rule where teams have to announce it a certain amount of time before the games. Therefore, mm-hmm. the customer can make a decision as to go or try to sell the tickets or whatever. Um, or just or force teams to only rest uh, players one game on a trip. You know, I I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't get paid those big bucks, but I do know that they need to do something to address it because it is becoming an issue. It, it's it's just not good for the fan. And if you can't 
have that type of product, that type of reliability, that type of knowing. Like, like this is 2016, I mean, 2017 going to 2018. Like, we should know. We should have the choice to make that decision. We can preview albums. We can preview pretty much everything we want, movies, everything. This is entertainment. Like, we should know if our favorite player, because especially those West, those interconference games, it only happens one time mm-hmm. at your home. That's it. It's not like, you know, us living in Atlanta, we're going to see Cleveland three to four times a year. Right. You know, we can miss one of the games and then see uh, LeBron again. You know, but if you're San Antonio, if you're Golden State, if you're one of those preeminent teams and you want to see a playoff intensity game in the middle of the season and those guys sit, what happens? Man, you, you're going to be disappointed. I, I just I don't like that. That's not good for business. And they got to address it. No doubt. No doubt. Great points. Great points. What about you, B? Uh, your thoughts on on players and, and what do you think the best solution is or if, if there is one? Um. Yeah, I had a I had a, like a little small little debate with one of my homies on Facebook about this whole situation because obviously they they like super LeBron haters and like <laughs> lovers, right? So I, I, I'm telling them. For one, I, I for one I do agree with Stephen A. saying if if LeBron's going to rest, let it be home games and not road games. I, I do I, I I agree with him on that to that extent because. Cleveland home fans can always see LeBron. You know what I'm right. saying? If if me and FIFA are like, yo, we about to go check out Brian here in Atlanta and this fool sitting, <laughs> then what's the point? You know, that, that, I'm saying the role games, that's the ones I think that you almost kind of like have to play. But here's my here's my situation. I was here's my argument I was making with two of my boys, um, Glenn and Rob. I was saying, um, like, because they, you know, they like, when LeBron punk, he should play every 82 games. If he can't play eight two games, he just need to retire and all that stuff. <laughs> so this is what I told him. I'm like, y'all don't have to. Y'all have to understand, dude. This dude been in the league since he was 18 years old. If you look at the minutes this man's logged in, mm. I was like, LeBron James deserves. He earned that right to rest. Now, rather if it be a road game or home game, okay, yeah, I, I agree with people on that point. Like you, you have we have to play. If we want to see LeBron when he comes to the Hawks, we gotta see him. But I think for the minutes that he's logged in his entire career and the championships he's won and, and, and the possibility of playing in the seventh straight final, I think LeBron James earned that right. And I made and that USA point. And USA basketball, told, B. Huh? And USA basketball three times. Oh, right, yeah, right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is everything. So, and, I told, and I told him, I said, look at the same situation with Kobe. I was like, now I, and I told him, I said, so y'all telling me if Kobe was like, yo, Phil, you know, Kobe, like, mind you, Kobe's 34-35. Hey, yo, Phil, I think I just want to set out these. You know, we kind of making a playoff run. I think I want to set out these little next little two games or whatever, these two home games. I was like, Kobe earned that right. Like, this dude is a five-time champion. Mm-hmm. He earned that right to ask Phil or whoever is the coach or the GM, yo, can I rest these next two games just to rest my body so we can make a playoff run? Kobe earned that right. They didn't have nothing to say after that. I was like... Cause I like I like that's the same thing with LeBron. I like LeBron has earned that right to to take that rest. I mean, now I do agree with Malone. Like with with Golden State, why is Stephen Curry, who's what twenty six years old, why is Draymond Green resting, who's twenty some years old? Why are these dudes resting? I think Kyrie. I think Kyrie resting. Kyrie's well. Kyrie's a little different. Damn millennials. (laughs) Kyrie's a little different because we you know Kyrie have some 
nagging injury issue. So he gets a little pass, a slight pass, because we know sometimes Kyrie can be made out of paper thin. So that's different. But we're talking about guys who's who's like healthy. As far as we know, 100% or damn near 100% healthy. You 23, 24 years old. Why are you resting? You know what I'm saying? Why are you sitting out when you in the prime years of your career and you playing? Because I don't think Carl Malone said a statement where if you haven't played more than 10 years in the NBA, you shouldn't be resting at all. And I agree with that. Unless unless you're unless you're you're fighting an injury or you're trying to watch an injury, you know, like Joel Embiid, you know, he's a young guy, but we already know he's kind of suffering some injuries. So you want to watch that. That's mm-hmm. that's understandable. But someone that's like Russell Westbrook, someone that we know who's going 200 miles per hour every day, talk about he want to rest and, and, you know, rest up for the playoffs. I'm looking at him sideways like, dude, you've been beasting all year. Why are you resting? So stuff like that I have an issue with. I have no issue with LeBron resting a game here and there because he's earned that right. Same thing if it was Kobe, if it was Magic, if it was Jordan, Isaiah. If they earned that right, won some championships, played deep in the playoffs, like people said, playing USA basketball, you know, multiple times. You earned that right, in my opinion. So I have no issue with them resting, but I do agree with Stephen A. saying that, you know, LeBron should not do it on them road games because you got people who travel, who work hard to watch LeBron come to his city once, maybe twice a year, a basketball season, and you resting. You know, do that at home. Rest if you got a good home stretch. Rest a couple of those games. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know what's interesting is that the Cavs were here um, a while back, and I was like, you know what, I, I should go to the game. Two weeks ago? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. And I was like, I should go to the game. But I was like, but man, if I buy a ticket, and, and I almost cursed. I said, if, if, if I buy a ticket, <laughs> And they sit out. I'm gonna be pissed. That was. And that mind you, those tickets head. are not cheap. Like it's not. not at all. It's not like you coming to see, you know, Philadelphia where you can get tickets easily in the 100 section for about, uh, you know, 20, 30 bucks. But right. for Cavs game, you gonna spend some money for those Cavs games. Those Cavs yeah, tickets when they come in town. And Ken got kids, so he's probably not going alone. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, probably not. Because I'm like, yeah, y'all need to see this. Road games. That's what I'm saying. Road games. So, yeah, I, I sympathize with the fans and what Stephen A. Smith makes sense. Um, on the flip side of that, like I understand all of the research that has gone into this, mm-hmm. and it's not just the NBA, it's the NFL as well. We see the NFL rest players at the end of the season, I think that will be a good time to do it. Um, it, it can. Yeah. Just real quick. I think in that in, in, in NFL, I think, or at least from what I've seen, I think fans are a little more understanding when it comes to, because we all know football is way more brutal than basketball. Right. So I think, you know, it's wearing tear on your body. So I think uh, – a diehard football head is going to be a little more sympathetic for a player, especially if you clinch like you know a bye week or you you know you you fourteen and two or you know you're fourteen and, and whatever like you you won fourteen and thirteen games and you're looking good for the playoffs. You're going to rest. Play fans are a little more sympathetic than that than as far as NBA. That's all I just want to say. Yeah, you know I, I I'm old school. You guys know that. Um, 
but I, I like to be a little bit progressive because I understand, you know, the wear and tear that happens on your body. Um, you know, I think where Carmelo Malone makes sense. You know, if, if you've been in the league over 10 years, you've kind of earned that right. It's like high school. Like when you become a senior in high school, you go to school for half the damn, you know, day and mm-hmm. you get out early. Um, so, you, so you kind of have the veteran privilege, you know, of being able to take a couple of extra days off because your body just don't recover as quickly as it once did. So I think for me, um, I just think I the just NBA think probably needs to look at reducing the number of games. That's been an issue for a while. I think they this is money. They ain't gonna do that because of money. No, nah, but but no, nah, they're not gonna reduce games. What they're doing is they're gonna start. It's gonna be fewer preseason games. Start yeah, the season start the sooner, season earlier. Yeah. And, and and the season is gonna end later. And space it out. Space, again, they're yeah. gonna probably space it out, people, so where it won't be as many back. Yeah, so you have exactly. exactly exactly because you know, like there's teams this this year having like five games in six or seven nights. That that's a lot of games, man. Mm-hmm. On the road, yeah. that's. Like, going from Atlanta to you fly to, let's say, like, when I flew to L.A., I can't imagine flying all of that just having played one of the best players ever at point guard because I'm a point guard, and then flying to L.A., going to have to go uh, D'Angelo Russell 6-5. Like, that is taxing on the body. That is not easy to do. That and is they have, not easy. And they have articles, man. I've, I've read articles where they actually walk you through what it's like, and it's a lot. It's very intense. These guys are up two or three in the morning after games, um, just to get, go go to get on a flight, and then you're yep. flying. Then you get off. Then you got to go to the hotel room and, and sleep all day. But then you got to shoot around. So it's it's intense, man. So um, yeah, about I, the groupies, Ken. Don't forget about the groupies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, if, if that's what they're gonna do, FIFO, then great because I think that's part of the issue. Is just the way the scheduling is done. So they're trying to give them, you know, they're forcing the coaches' hands into doing, you know, into resting their guys in certain stretches of the schedule. So I think this is their way of rebelling. I think this is their way of saying you guys need to fix this, and and um and the NFL has taken notice. There, you know, it, there it's it's um. You know, it's a it's a it's a political stance. You know, they're, they're a statement, a political statement that they're making, and and that's what this is, um, backed up by science and research into the wear and tear of the body undergoing uh, an intense schedule like that, and the amount of recovery time that that's needed. So um, for me, it's is I don't want to say it's it's complicated because I see both sides. You know, hey, look, I play fantasy ba- basketball. I want them out there playing because they can cost <laughs> me a, a game that week. But um, but that's selfish. And at the end of the day, if I have a team that's competing for a championship, I need to make sure that that guy that I need is there in the playoffs. So if, if I'm going to take an L in the case when LeBron sits, they lose, then so be it. You know, and and LeBron has earned that right. Popovich, of course, is the architect of this whole thing. He mm-hmm. earned that right, and he had veteran players that needed to sit. James Harden, you're young, and you're trying to use your playing every day as a way to lobby for votes for MVP votes. So, um, 
So you can kill that noise. Um, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, the MVP anyway. So that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> um, I man, you guys made some great points. I think, um, I think first, first and foremost, people need to understand that LeBron James has only missed five games where it would say on the box score DNP rest. That means did not play rest five games. So I, I think he, he, with him being the biggest star in the league. Um, and, and I much like UB, I went back and forth with some people on on Facebook about it. I honestly don't have a problem with him resting because ultimately, I want to see every. And we mentioned this on this podcast. I want to see every team at full strength come playoff time. I don't want to see Golden State without Kevin Durant. I don't want to see uh, you know Cleveland without Kyrie or LeBron. And I want to see every because that because that way that eliminates the discussion of. Well, we would have won if we would have had such and such. So, so I want to. So Kyle, so if mm-hmm. if Westbrook said to coach, "I want to rest the first two games of April, just so we can make a run to the playoffs," you cool with that? In his prime physical condition that he's in. Well, you know what? But here's the thing, though, B. None of the players, and LeBron included, have ever asked to be rest rested. This has all been coaches' decisions or decisions by the training staff or decisions by management. No, there's not been one NBA play because players are comp- – I mean, y'all, we all played. You guys play basketball. You, we're competitive. We're, these are, you're talking about some of the most best trained athletes and most some of, the, some of the most competitive people in the world. So LeBron James wants to play every game. You mentioned his minutes, you know, the minutes that he's logged over his career. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, you correct me if I'm wrong, B, but isn't he logging a career high in minutes this year? Yeah, at this at this point in his so career. That, so that that's what says he, he that earned says, that right. So he that's so he saying. earned that right. So I think right. it's I think it's more and then if I think the elephant in the room that most people are missing is that most teams don't rest players because they can't afford to because they're trying to make the damn playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So you know, we're only talking about a select few of players. Yeah, San Antonio could afford to, you know, Pop could afford to rest his starting five because, you know, by that time they probably had already clinched a playoff berth. Um, and I mean, we, we, I don't care what line of work that you're in, we all need a day off. So I'm now, like Ken said, would I be disappointed if I paid for a ticket and paid for me and my sons to go? Well, I go see the, you know, LeBron versus the, the Hawks. Yeah, I'd be disappointed, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's I much rather see them in August. I'm sorry, in in April, May, and June, I, it's because I think that's when we see the best of the best, and that's the play. That's the money time. And a regular season game, I mean, regular season games don't mean as much, especially, and they definitely don't mean as much. I mean, in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 actually okay with it, and I think people have made this out to be the LeBron rule when it's only a select couple of teams. And to be honest, Westbrook hasn't missed a game, missed a game for rest. I think Curry has missed one game. Durant has missed one game. Like if you go down the list of superstars, the most games that have been missed have been LeBron with five. Everybody else is at one. So I think it's you know like FIFO said, I think they're going to have to. Do the they're gonna have to change the scheduling, start the season because think about it like this: if you start the season two weeks earlier, I mean the NFL season's going on. So I mean, unless you're just a 
diehard basketball fans, some people don't even pay attention to the NBA, you know, the first couple of weeks that they're, you know, that they got everything going. We do, but, you know, a lot of people don't, to be honest. So cut back on the preseason games, stretch it out, and maybe, and, and think about it. If you, if the NBA season, let's say, goes into the last week of June, you're going up against baseball. It's not like football season is back yet. You know, it's not like it's, you're battling up against preseason games. And I don't think that you're necessarily going to have fans tune, you know, these games out. So I'm, I'm okay with it, man. I, I think people have made a lot about it. I don't, I think you have to take what Carl Malone and Charles Barkley and those guys said with a grain of salt. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, they flew commercial and they play, but they didn't have the opportunity. It's, it's one thing to say, well, yeah, in my day, we never did, but you didn't have the opportunity to do it. That's the thing. And I, I and that, that, I'm, you guys know I'm old school to to the, to my core, but what bothers me about old school guys is when they say, back in my day, I wouldn't have done it. If you didn't have the opportunity to do it, you don't know what you would have done. It's just like people say, well, we never, we never teamed up. You ain't had a chance to team up with nobody because you were on the same team for, the, for, for five or six years. So it's, it's easy to say that now in 2017. But in 1988, if you had a chance to team up with somebody else and you could get a ring, you probably would have. So you, I think you have to take some of what these old school cats are saying just with a grain of – and this is coming from an old school cat. I think you have to take that stuff with a grain of salt. Um, but no, I, I, I don't – I have no beef with LeBron. I think he's earned it. Um, I think people have made probably more out of it than what it should be because – you know, I would much rather LeBron sit out a game in March or April than for him to, you know, get injured, possibly miss a series or miss a game in a series, game or two in a series that could cost his team. And, you know, then we're looking up and, and Cleveland's not in the finals. And then then the ratings really going to suck. So uh, that's that's my take on it, man. I, I think I think we're I think people are making more. I think there's. I think it's an easy fix, and I don't. I didn't really particularly appreciate what Adam Silver. Adam Silver was kind of in the memo he sent was kind of stern, like you know you you get stiff penalties from us. I'm like man, shut up, man. whatever. <laughs> so anyway, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know, it's something I think they can definitely tweak. But again, it's really if we if we keep it real, it's LeBron and it's everybody else. I mean, like I said, you got all of these other stars. They've only sat one game. Most superstars haven't sat any games, and you got LeBron sat five games. And I, I think he's earned that right. Um, speaking of LeBron and Cleveland, uh, trouble in paradise, man. It is uh, Cleveland is on a slide unlike no other, and more importantly, they since the since the All Star break, they are ranked. I want to say twenty eighth in defensive efficiency. Um, so. You know, it's gotten a lot of people at the time of this recording. I think they're a half a game uh, out of first place uh, for the uh, number one seed in the East. So, B, I'll throw it to you, man. Do you think that are you concerned about the Cavs' ability to defend their title? And two, do you think that they need home court advantage to win, you know, the East? Um, no, not really. I mean, they haven't, they didn't have home court when they came back down three to one against Golden State. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, my issue with them over the last, like I say about a month is definitely their defense, man. Um, I don't know. It's been plays where guys are literally wide open. 
Nobody's challenging guys going to the hole. I don't know what's going on with them defensively, man. Like, I, you know, and I don't know if it's just because of all of the injuries, guys coming in and out, in and out, in and out. No, they can't really get a full, you know, get a get a full swing of things as far as offensively and getting the groove as a team, offensively and defensively. But yeah, that defense concerns me, man. Um, especially going into the playoffs when things, you know, ramp up another notch or two, you know. Um, so. They better get it together because if they if they continue to play exactly like this and if they don't cut it on before playoffs start, they won't even make the finals. You know, I don't even think they're gonna. I don't think LeBron will play in his seven straight finals if if they stay at this pace, which mm-hmm. I'm assuming they won't. But man, body language says a lot, man. Mm-hmm. With, with with teams, man, and, and and if them dudes ain't clicking like this. You know, it, it can be first round to be easy, second round to be a little bit of a of a of a challenge, but then that third round at Eastern Conference Finals, you can I can see them getting eliminated and, and they'll be going home. You will be creating them uh going fishing photos, <laughs> man, for Cleveland. So you know yeah, defensively they they definitely concern me defensively. And like I said, it could be just because a lot of guys are injured, they haven't really had their whole team intact. For a good, you know, a good amount of time for them to kind of get in the groove. So, but defensively, they scare me, man. And they shoot too many freaking threes. Mm, like mm. nobody is attacking the basket, man. They are shooting a lot of three pointers, man. It's like Jesus Christ, attack, attack, attack. So, yeah, they better get it together, or they're gonna be they're gonna be going fishing by the time late May, early June hit, being eliminated in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. Ken, what about you, man? We we at the time of this recording, we we text last night. Uh, they got washed by the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs is no there's no shame in losing to the Spurs, but they got blown. They got their doors blown off by I think like forty last night against the Spurs, and it was just straight layup. I mean, Kai, uh, Kawhi was just straight to the cup every time he wanted to, um, and they looked bad defensively, man. So, how concerned are you about this team? And their ability to 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 defend their title. I became concerned when I watched them when when I watched that game against the Rockets. They were um, pretty much dominating the Rockets in that game, and uh, at some point in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, um, that guy that's supposed to be the cornerstone. Uh, on on defense and rebounds, he just got manhandled, and and I'm talking about Tristan Thompson. Um, mm-hmm. He 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 got out hustled, um, outworked by seemed like everybody in in a red jersey, and <laughs> um, that normally doesn't happen. And there were there was a lot of standing around just watching people shoot. Uh, the Rockets clearly wanted that game way more. And um, and some of those habits seem to carry on from game to game. And look, they've had a lot of issues uh, this year. It's been different than you know last year. It's not a lot of um, bickering back and forth and pettiness. Um, a lot of it has been with the roster. They brought in a lot of pieces. J.R. Smith has been gone all year. Kevin Love missed an extended period. Um, LeBron James has really kept that team will float this whole Mm -hmm. time and and Kyrie I'm not gonna um you know uh, Kyrie's an integral part of of that team too but I mean let's be real it's it's been really LeBron James 
um, because he's been playing point guard the whole year pretty much. And he'll have a roster out there of Shannon Fry and Richard Jefferson and uh, Shumpert and and Derek Williams. Derek Williams. <laughs> Not Derek Williams and, and before Derek, Derek came. Derek, yeah, uh, Derek Williams. Yeah, Derek. Mm-hmm. And maybe Tristan Thompson. And, and they'll just be murking dudes. Like, he'll, he'll just be killing them. Or maybe even Kyle Corver. I think Kyle Corver was out there in one game I saw. And just killing him. With LeBron just setting them all up. Um, I think they need to play Derek Williams more. I know they're trying to get uh, Darren Williams, uh, you know, integrated into the offense. Uh, he's not really known for defense like that. Corver's not known for defense like that. So, roster-wise, they have a lot of work to do in terms of developing chemistry on that team. Um, J.R. Smith got to get into game shape. So they have two weeks to sort all of that out. And I don't think that eight matchup will be an easy matchup. It may be a matchup in where they get a chance to tune up and get mm-hmm. themselves in playoff mode. Um, am I concerned? I I am now because I, I've, I'm waiting for the switch. And I haven't seen them switch it on. I haven't seen LeBron do his social media blackout. If this continues to happen, when LeBron goes on his social media blackout, (laughs) we got a problem. LeBron understands that, as he said, it's a delicate situation. And he's trying to handle it a little bit with kick gloves. Um, But he doesn't seem to be too, too concerned about it. So I haven't felt that sense of urgency. Like we felt the sense of urgency when he was like, we need an effing point guard. That was the mm-hmm. sense of urgency. We haven't seen that yet. So I think LeBron is okay at the moment. Tyrone Lewis seems to be okay at the moment because he's talking about resting people. And I'm like, you don't need to be resting anybody. <laughs> Y'all need to, you know, get together and get this on court chemistry defensively together. The talking, the back and forth, knowing where players are going to be, you know, um, you know, on the court on defense. Um, but they don't seem concerned about it, and it may be much ado about nothing. But um, I'm getting a little concerned. I'm watching uh, a lot, you know, closely for the rest of the season to see if they turn it up, and um, and we'll we'll see what happens from there. But am I? I don't think anybody in the East can beat them. I'm more concerned about the teams in the West. They can't mm-hmm. beat anybody in the West playing like this on defense. Couple things Ken said I want to address. First off, um, <laughs> of course, right, go ahead. Right, right now, right now, uh, Cleveland is in the second spot, so they're not going to play the eighth seed, uh, Miami Heat. My, Miami's still in the eighth seed, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think coming uh, into the night they were. Yeah, they don't want to play Miami, and I'm gonna tell you why. That's been the common sentiment, people. Please enlighten us, because I keep hearing people say that, and I know Miami's been hot, but do yeah. you think they really don't match up well with them? Here's the thing. It's not about the matchup. It's it's about sometimes about a personal thing, right? And there's certain mm-hmm. players in the NBA throughout history that when they play against a certain team or a certain somebody, they just go off. Deion Waiters is that guy. Deion Waiters, if he plays against Cleveland, he's going to earn himself like a $20 million contract. I'm just telling you not because he's going to average ridiculous against Cleveland. They're not going to be able to stop him. He's going to average like 25 points a game. If you look at every single matchup this year that Miami has played Cleveland, Deion Waiters goes the hell off. 
And I, I just think that he feels he feels backstabbed by Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. when, when LeBron first came back, Dion was supposed to be part of the plans. But either way, um, but I digress. Going back to Cleveland and what their issues are. Let me ask you guys a question. Outside of James Jones on this roster, who are the multiple-time NBA champions on on this roster? (laughs) There's there's only two. Um, Throughout the organization, there's only two people throughout this organization that got more than one championship ring. uh, Damon Jones on the bench. (laughs) And Ty Lue. Exactly, and and Ken, what did you say? You said that those are the two guys that seem like there's that there's nothing wrong. There's a reason uh, for that. When you watch every NBA team that wins a, that wins a championship, the second year there's always, especially when it gets kind of close to the playoffs, after that first championship, it's kind of like all you want to do is just compete for that. You know what I'm saying? So so they already know that they're going to be one of the top teams. They don't need no home court advantage in the East. They they know they're better than that. They know that they're better than what they are. The thing that we don't like is that we want to see, especially in basketball teams, peaking when it starts to get closer. But championship teams have played far. They like they've done something that nobody has ever done. They came back down three one against a seventy. What is it? Three and nineteen. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. on. That is extremely difficult. They feel that they could conquer anybody, anything. Right now, they're just hitting that melees. Um, they got what you and, you and Ken, you're 100% right with LeBron's urgency. When he said we need an effing point guard, that was extremely urgent. They made the roster moves. They got a lot of pieces to continue to integrate and bring back and get back up to speed. And with all of that going on, I'm telling you, they will be fine because it's defense. It's not the offense. Offense is harder to fix. Defense is about intensity and communication. It's about the want to. And right now, they they, they don't feel like they need to, 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 to get where they need to get to, to the playoffs. All they need to do is just get to the playoffs healthy. They know that. That's the message. That's why Ty Lue is like, yo, I'm going to still rest guys. Because that's the message being said. They know what 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 the challenge is. They've been there. They've done that. I think they'll be ready when they need to be ready. But that's just me. LeBron has been there a whole bunch of times. Salu's been there a, a, a couple times um, as as a uh, basketball player and now as a coach. You know. So I look. I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I, I, I'm not too worried at all. You know. Yeah. And you said something. I'm gonna come back to real quick. But I think. Um, I, I am very concerned um, because I just I haven't seen this in a while. And it's, it's just in I think the biggest thing has just been, like you said, on the def- defensive end. That's been the most concerning to me. And I understand, uh, you know, I saw a couple of games. I was like, well, you know, well, you know, OK, love is not there. And then Jr. just got back. And I'm like, okay, they'll, they'll get it together. They'll get it, you know. And, and I, I mentioned on this podcast before. I don't, I don't put a lot into you know regular season games, but the thing about it was like, and I don't think in my heart of hearts that Washington or Boston or uh, you know Miami could beat them in a seven game series. They could, they they could. What these teams can do is they can extend series. And what I mean by that is that if you look at it, you say on the surface, okay, yeah. 
Cleveland should beat Miami 4-1. You know, maybe if, if like you said, if if they get hot, maybe that could be a seven-game series. And and what you don't want is a team that has, at times, on the back end of the All-Star break, looked tired for them to play more games in the playoffs than they necessarily have to. Um, and, that's, and that's something that they have not done, you know, in the years that LeBron has been there. Um, they've pretty much been able to put teams away and be waiting on their opponent to finish their series. Um, and like Ken said, I'm not necessarily worried about what I'm seeing for them in the East because I just don't think anybody in the East has enough to to beat them. But whoever comes out of the West, whether it be Golden State, whether it be San Antonio, whether it be Houston, um, that's what I don't think it's going to be Houston, but <laughs> Golden State or San Antonio, uh, I, I, you, you're you going to have problems. And I think it's it's setting a bad precedent. So, FIFA, what you said, it just I just thought about a question, and I'll throw this to, to the three of you. Is it as simple oh, – what's the question? Okay, we know LeBron has been there. We know Ty Lue has been there. But when you talk about playing defense and it being a want – and I'll start first with you, FIFA. Is it as simple for the other players to turn that switch on when the switch hasn't been on for the better part of the last, what, two, three months? Uh, I believe it is because here's the thing with, with, with their roster, the way it's, it's constructed, Tristan just needs to play his game, which is defense, mm-hmm. right. And rebounding and, and just doing the dirty, nasty work. And in that game against San Antonio, he, I think he was the leading scorer in the game or the second leading scorer in the game. You, you come on, man. If Tristan Thompson is a top two scorer in that game, it's not a good game. I don't care why I don't need to look at nothing else. So so Tristan needs to focus on defense. Iman needs to get back healthy because I believe he missed that game as well with, I think, an ankle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, JR needs to get back to the two-way player that he became the last, you know what I'm saying, year and a half with Cleveland. He needs to get back to that guy. Um, they, they, just need, they just need their guys. LeBron needs to play better. You know, watching some of the because I didn't watch that game, but watching some of the highlights, it you just looked much. like, <laughs> huh? I said you yeah, didn't miss much. much. Yeah, it just looked like they're not all the way there. They're like just mentally, they they're just not there. But I think that a championship caliber team, especially led by LeBron, like Ken said, another point was when he goes to the social media blackout, we already know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and, and, and y'all better hop on board because what what, what you getting out of me? Like like this is all time right here. So 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 I need y'all to be ready and name me a time that we seen LeBron hit that mode and his teams did not respond to that. Mm-hmm. I'll wait. So okay. so so for me, man, I, that's why I'm not worried. I'm not all the way worried. I'm not all the way worried. Okay. Okay. Ken, I'll, t- I'll throw it over to you. Uh, is it as simple as hitting a switch for the other players? We know what LeBron can do. Is, is it that simple for you know a guy like Kyrie or K Love or Jr. to you know or, or Tristan because he he is there. You know, you look at this team with with the loss of Bogut, that you don't necessarily have that rim protector per se. So you're going to need more on the defensive end for, from a guy like Tristan Thompson. Is it that simple as for them to just flip the switch? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, mainly because 
you know, it's still a, a roster full of guys that have been in the playoffs. You know, it's still a roster full of guys that won a championship last year and faced extreme adversity. Um, Bogut won a championship. He's still on the roster. I don't know if he's still with the team. Felder's a rookie. Um, he's not going to play. Um, who else? Larry Sanders just got there. So he's probably not going to play that much. Yeah, I think he said it yeah, to the D-League. Yeah, so he's not going to play. When I look at everybody else, everybody else has played in the playoffs before. You know, or have been been on been on that team, so you know was on that team last year. So yeah, yeah, they could they could just switch it, man. Um, you know, and we we know what Kyle Corver did. Like he they went deep, and he know like he gets knocked for it, but when he puts his mind to it, and he needs to get healthy because they need his shooting, he'll lock in. But yeah, I think it is. And and here's something else that I decided that I wanted to look up. I remember uh, when the Lakers won their first three peat. Mm-hmm. Um. 2001 in March they went 7 and 7 from mm. March 9th until um April 1st 7 and 7 after that they won 8 straight and we know they won the title right they won 8 straight they won 8 straight to close out the 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 year that was their longest winning streak of the year. Prior to that, their longest win- winning streak of the year was no more than five games. Yeah, they faced the Philadelphia 76ers. No, no knock on them. But, you know, they didn't face anybody like the Warriors or the Spurs or possibly the Rockets. But the point, you know, getting back to your question is, can you flip the switch? Yes, you can. And FIFO triggered this thought. I was like, Okay, let me look at another team that went back-to-back. And I remember the Lakers in that second year kind of struggled. And I think they had some internal issues going on maybe that year too. But the point Kobe is sn- that – Kobe snitched. Yeah, that that second year was, wasn't the best. The last point uh, uh, in, in going back to that year, the, the Cavs' defensive rating, 27, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The Lakers' defensive rating was 21st out of 29. So they weren't that great either. Wow. So okay, so you, know. you see a trend. You see a trend. Um, what what about you, B? Uh, for you, is it as simple as them flipping the switch uh, to perform better defensively? Uh, not necessarily LeBron, but but his counterparts, the, the other guys on the squad. Um, I don't know yet, man. It, it, you know, LeBron has been battle tested so many times in his career now. Um, even if it comes up in the L, he's been battle tested. So I don't. We got to see if these guys can be battle tested. One of the toughest things to do, I think, in just playing sports in general is repeating, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you the champs, that bullseye is on you. You know, that's why I always respect teams and players that can go out there and repeat. And even in some some rare cases, three peat, you know, um, so we, we don't know if Kyrie and Kevin K. Love and all of them guys, Tristan Thompson. They they better they better be built for this, and I'm pretty sure LeBron he has to have talked to him about this, about how you know trying to repeat is tough. You know, it just not even just from a physical standpoint, but just from a mental standpoint, is it, is really tough to really put yourself in that mode to where to kind of block out last season, saying hey we didn't win on championship or last year didn't exist. Let's focus on 2017 playoffs it's tough especially knowing that you already been to the mountaintop so um i I don't know man i don't think it's it's that easy just hitting on that switch 
you know, for these guys, I, I, I'm more of a like show and prove. Let, let's mm-hmm. see. We don't know what the we don't know what Kyrie Irving and, and Love, you know, mentally is going to go through coming in these playoffs because they know they're going to have challenges, you know. But like I said, LeBron has been battle tested. You know, other other greats that we've seen play that's been able to repeat, they've been battle tested. They know. We don't know if these other guys around LeBron know how important it is to take this, you know, if they want to win a championship, take this run very seriously. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, man. I think um, it, it's, and somebody mentioned, you know, the want and the desire to play defense. Um, you know, that's where it starts. You, I mean, you guys play basketball. You know that defensive, defense and rebounding are two things that you got to want. I mean, everybody wants to shoot, but you got to want to stop the man in front of you. Um, I, I, as I mentioned, I'm concerned. I'm not going to say that it's, you know, you know, like some people I've even heard say it's all doom and gloom for I'm not going to, I'm not going to go that far because LeBron James is on the team. And just when you count him out, he'll rally the troops and get them ready. Um, but I think that, you know, it's, it is cause for concern because you see teams like, you know, Washington and Boston in particular that are, you know, they're chomping at the bit and, and they really legitimately feel like they could beat this. And, and you know what? They should. Now, whether or not they do or they, they don't, they should feel like, hey, we can beat Cleveland. You know, and they've beaten Cleveland before and they've beaten it. And, and I'm not talking about beating Cleveland in games where guys were rested. I'm talking about where they matched up and they went head for head. Um, that being said, I think if you give them seven games, I just don't know that there's anybody in the East that can beat them straight up and down. Um, you know, barring LeBron, you know, getting hit by a bus or something. Um, so we'll see, man. We'll see. It, it, it It's definitely some cause for concern. I, I think I've, I heard LeBron, you know, speak to the media today about it. And like Ken said, he said that it's delicate. I mean, it, you can kind of <laughs> you can kind of tell LeBron is choosing his words very, very carefully, um, you know, because he doesn't want to come off as he's blameless. I mean, he caught up some some backlash a couple of weeks ago when he, you know, kind of lashed out as his teammates after a loss. And, you know, he doesn't he knows that he's going to have to pick and choose those moments where he's going to be critical of his teammates or what have you. So we'll see how it plays out, man. The playoffs are right around the corner. Um, if, if you know that we're going to have it covered for you uh, from top to bottom. Uh, so now that brings us to the close of the podcast. Time for our closing thoughts, man. The- Everybody has had like LeVar Ball, Lonzo, LaMelo, LiAngelo. <laughs> Everybody's been talking about the Ball uh, family. And everybody has been talking about LeVar writing checks that his sons have to cash. I know I missed the beginning of the podcast. I know y'all talked about the NCAA tournament. I know y'all talked about UCLA. And I just have to say that. LeVar needs to stop talking about Lonzo's game and start hyping up his other two his other two boys. Cause mm. Shannon Sharp says something that I, I truly believe. He says his kids are like a hand of spades. He got one in the possible. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I and I and I truly believe that because Leangelo's not that guy like that and LaMelo oh, still God. needs to grow. So I think he just needs to stop worrying about Lonzo right now, man. And and and, and and, and just focus on the two younger ones because they, they, they need it more than, than Lonzo does. Yo, that's the funniest shit I've heard all day. 
Ken, I told you Shannon's on point. <laughs> uh, B, you got a closing thought, man? I'm actually happy that the Pistons are going to miss the playoffs. Uh, we don't deserve really? Yes. We don't deserve to be in the playoffs. We uh, This is just not looking good. We we should not be taking steps back after after making the playoffs last year for the first time in seven seasons. Looking in the right direction. Teams seemed like they was gelling. And you going in this season was a seven seed, and now you drop to like 10th, 11th in the last like week and a half. Um, we don't deserve it. I mean, we don't deserve. We need. We need. At this point, we just just go try to tank it and try to try to get the worst record as possible to try to get a, a high draft pick. You know, we can we can fall in that in that top ten or maybe top fifteen draft picks or top twelve draft picks. I think that'd be good. Um, we don't deserve it, man. We don't deserve being in the playoffs because all we're gonna do is be in, get ounced in the first round again. No progression because before this season. I had them being a potential four, five, or six seed in the East this year, um, but they're they they taking steps back. That's not good. I don't know if that's a good sign on Stan Van Gunny. I know he had some issues with Stanley Johnson and how he's saying his work ethic was was not as where it should be, especially coming into your second year and experiencing the playoffs as a rookie. So um, I don't know, man. Drummond, you know, he still hasn't improved his free throw shooting and everything. His shot selection, I don't know, man. I I don't know. They're going to have to think, do some serious things in this offseason, but I'm glad they're not making the playoffs. This one is for, for my boy, man, my, my road dog, my homie, Darian Fox. I'm going to need you to learn how to cry better, dog. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I, Dude, okay, I was that the only one that thought that was awkward? Like, Bruh. like understand some guys. Come you know, on, man. Y'all gonna criticize nah, the kid, nah. right? Yes. Understand some guys' emotions. Like, granted, I, like my man that was crying from Florida. That was that that same that seemed real when he was crying. But I'm sorry, Ken. That I, I thought I was the only one that thought that was awkward. Nah, nah, you ain't tripping. <laughs> go ahead, oh. go ahead I'm sorry. I, I, I ain't going to hell, man. Because I, I, I saw it. And I'm like, oh man, dang! You know, he he really torn up right now. And I click on it, and I'm like, what's this? He sounded like he was he was crying with some helium. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm a boys, man. I'm a boys. Usually, when I watch <laughs> crying players crying, I don't feel awkward. But I I came front. I felt awkward watching that, though. I really did. Like, I gotta go back and watch it. I didn't see that. Watch it, man. I, I, and, I, and I saw the clip. I didn't see. I didn't see where <laughs> Ken is talking about. I just know <laughs> Ken is going to hell. So Oh my God, that was so awkward. Akia, you stupid for peeping that. I thought I was the only one that thought that. I thought I was the only man, one that thought that was awkward. Nah, man. His crying was as skinny as he is. I was like, what the hell is wrong with him? Oh, man. Man, you got to work on your crying, dog. Because like, that, that ain't it. That was not it. <laughs> that was not it, man. Nah, all right, that ain't gonna work. Watch it again, man. I'm telling you, you're gonna see awkwardness all over it, written all over. Oh, man, I'm gonna have to watch that again. Um, uh, my my final thought, man, it, it's 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 really about the NCAA tournament, a, a particular a a particular instance. Um, I'm gonna throw a name out there. You, most of you probably never heard this name. The name is Lynn Marshall. Uh, you may ask, who is Lynn Marshall? Lynn Marshall is the wife of the head coach at Wichita State. Um, and Lynn Marshall was at a game where Wichita State was playing against uh, Kentucky, and they ended up losing to Kentucky. And Lynn Marshall uh, 
she had too much sauce, uh, as mm-hmm. the kids say. Uh, so yeah, so she was drunk at the game and she got up and was yelling. She told John Calipari to shut the F up. She told one of the Kentucky players, uh, that he needed some bigger shorts. She told Malik Monk, you're too small. Get your ass in the weight room. I mean, she was dropping F bombs. And then there happened to be a reporter who pulled out his phone because everybody has a phone and he proceeded to record her. And this reporter was visited by someone from the NCAA who said, hey, you can't post that video. You got to delete it. We don't allow videos or something. He, he gave him some lame excuse about the NCAA. They don't allow videos of, of to be posted of the games and the games. Um, suffice to say, the guy kept the video and he posted it once he got out of the arena. But this lady is just going off. And I mean... Here's the thing. We all have seen people drink too much and go off and, and, and you know, kind of lose themselves, if you will. But for all the criticism that we've given LeVar Ball, if LeVar Ball had gotten drunk and was yelling at other players and cussing out coaches, he would have been called everything but a child of God. This story about Lynn Marshall almost did not come out. So to you, NCAA, who tried to protect this little lady, can't do it, man. We can't have it both ways. We got to report what we see. Because trust me, if I'd have been at that game, I would have broke out my phone, too. That's going to do it for us, for Ken, for B, for FIFO. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Thank you for checking out another edition of the Dead, Dead End Podcast. We will catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.